and welcome to another riveting episode of the Rocks and Roots podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tumbles, and next to me is, as always, Cranky. And it is a good afternoon because we continued our journey to become 46ers at this rate. It'll take us 20 years, <laughs> but we checked another one off the list today. That's right. You know, we had been back and forth all bloody week because of the Originally, we were going to do white face nester. Then I decided to look at the peak temperatures and saw that it was going to be a wind chill of zero. And I said, sure, no. Uh, can we do something else? So, Crank here said, why don't we do Giant and Rocky Peak Ridge? Fine, let's do it. So we did. So yesterday, we left New Jersey, stayed at the fine Colonel Williams... <laughs> <laughs> Three-star hotel in Lake George. Which was a lot better than the Hojo's we stayed at last year. Wait a minute. No, January. Yes. January. So, yes, we... Rocks and Roots recommends <laughs> Colonel Williams' three-star hotel in Lake, Lake George. George. Yes, it was fine. There was no double-sided mirrors. <laughs> there was no bed bugs. There was no break-ins. I think we'll, we'll give it a four out of five here. I'm in agreement with that. <laughs> um, nice patio for me to make my breakfast skillet this morning. So, woke my happy ass up at 2.30 with a resounding shit. <laughs> yes, that's the first thing I heard. Not the alarm, but shit. I'm like, oh, it must be time for him to get up and do his routine. <laughs> so... Breakfast Skillet, Mountain House, as always, recommended, recommended many times on this podcast, uh, continue to recommend, yes. because nothing is fucking open in Lake George or the Adirondacks region before 6 a.m. Yeah, basically. On a Saturday morning. I think any morning. Probably. Yeah. Uh, everyone's a little bit chiller up here than in the tri lower tri-state area, for sure. Yeah, I like it. So from Lake George to the Giant and Rocky Peak Ridge Trailhead. I didn't let our audience know the nutritious meal <laughs> that you okay. that I ate. Friends, if you're going to bind like I was, I had a cliff bar and then we stopped at the Adirondack Welcome Center and I had something from the vending machine. It was absolutely stellar. That's actually a good point because if everything else is closed and people are heading up there early the welcome centers are open 24 hours and they have these pretty good vending machines like they actually have food not just chips and granola bars alright so route 9 trailhead to uh, trailhead 4 giant and rocky Ridge from Lake George, approximately 51 minutes at um, the speeds that I drive. <laughs> so it was fucking dark. We spent another 20 minutes sleeping, and then it started to get cold. And I said, "Let's get our asses moving." I was fine because I had my puffy. I did not. <laughs> I lost my. <laughs> this is going to be a continuing theme for this trail recounting trail debrief trail debrief oh my god <laughs> um it's like indiana jones a continuing saga exactly and so i lost my soft shell it's round i know it 
maybe my car. I will check, but I could not find it. So I went on Amazon and I got a $30 soft shell rain jacket windbreaker that worked amazingly. I don't even know the brand. I'll post it on Instagram. But the moral of the story is cheap gear mm-hmm. can work. Don't fuck around with shoes. You need good shoes. Uh, don't fuck around with packs. You need a good pack. But everything else, you can go cheap and have it work out fine as long as you are willing to experiment. Yes, 100%. I myself tried out a new piece of gear as well. I think I shall mention this a little bit further into the episode because we are we are going chronologically, as we always do, when we talk about our summit sessions, not copyrighted. <laughs> Sorry, James. We, Sorry, we James. stole your shit. Yes. Um, stars were fucking amazing. Oh, my God. Wow. The best stars that we have seen in about a year at least. Yes. Well, you know what? Being from near big cities, you don't see shit. And I saw the star that may or may not be dead. Yes. That's in the Orion. Orion's belt, the Orion constellation. Constellation. That's the word. Yeah. So Orion was clear as day, Big Dipper, Little Dipper, and then this dying star, which is a slight orange because it is going cold. It's the fusion has used itself up and the star is burning less and less bright. It's, um, no, it's still probably burning. We were talking about this. This was our first trail talk going up, um, the Ridge Trail. 5.15 in the morning. Yep. So we took the Ridge Trail to Giant today, and our first conversation was all of the stars that we are looking at, you are looking literally at the past because it takes hundreds of years for their light to reach us. So that star that is dying is still burning, but it's further along to its... um, completion than we can see right now. It's going to take probably, what'd you say, 280 light years away? It is 280 light years away. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the star, but the thing is, in 2019, uh, scientists noticed that the star kind of went away for a little bit. And the thing is, with stars, with this star in particular, it does have like a a waning and waxing period. But this one had lasted for so long, months and months and months, that they were like, what the hell's going on? And they realized when it happened again that, oh, the star is dying. So, fascinating enough, when the star does decide to go bye-bye... So it goes supernova first. The Because it is definitely bigger than our sun. The way it's going to go is... When it's supernova, it's like when the sun supernovas, and then it'll go as far as Uranus. Uranus. Minus Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. So that's a pretty uh, so you loud mean the, boom. The explosion. Correct. Holy shit. So when our sun goes, it's going to take out the solar system. Basically. Pretty awesome. And then it eventually will become a black hole. Yes. Very cool. Not to worry, friends. This won't happen in our lifetimes. No, it takes millions of years for a star to die. And our sun is about middle-aged. Yeah. It has 450 billion years left. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So if any of you are going to be around then, watch the fuck out. (laughs) Um, 
So, anyway. It was cold as fuck. It was 30 in... Uh, yeah, it was about 34 degrees on the ground. And heading up the ridge trail, it was dark, so we couldn't see shit. Um, fortunately, one of our headlamps worked. Yes, thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> the ridge trail, and we had read this from a vlog. Might, might I interject? I probably sure. have not um, charged my headlamp since the West trip. Okay. Sorry. So that's pretty impressive <laughs> that it, they worked at all. Yes. I charged mine Friday night and then put a note inside the refrigerator, a note by the coffee <laughs> pot, a note on my clothes, bring headlamp. <clears throat> so I'm glad I did that because we had one functioning headlamp between the two of us. Um, they have done a lot of work on this trail. Great trail. Grading on an Adirondacks high peak scale this trail was immaculate. Um, there are steps, there are switchbacks, stone steps. So for the first mile, they put a lot of work into this because this is kind of like your introduction to the high peak region. And one of the most popular high peaks in the entire region because it's, it's first. You're traveling along Route 9, bam, this is what you get to first. Yeah, I mean, when you get off the highway, 87, you get on 73, and about a quarter mile before you get to the giant Rocky Peak Ridge Trailhead, you reach the Dix Range Trailhead. So you have boom, you have that one, you have then uh, giant Rocky Peak Ridge, and then you go a little bit further, and then you have the Wolf Draws. So that is your main thoroughfare. So it is absolutely gorgeous for the first mile, and then it's not too bad the rest of it, it's rough. It's a northeastern trail. It's an Adirondacks trail, so it's rough. But grading on an Adirondacks scale, it is it not great. Yeah, it's not that rough. Uh, we got lost a little bit because it was really dark, but quickly found ourselves. We found ourselves in a snow squall, mm. which was interesting. He he mentions like I'm looking straight up, and there's there's clear skies. And Crank is like, it's, it's, and it's snowing. I'm like, no, it's not. That must be the spores from the leaves. It was snowing. Some pretty intense the spores. <laughs> I will say this immediately starts climbing. You oh, do 3,000 feet in three miles. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty intense. This is not an easy trail. It's not super difficult for an Adirondacks trail, but it is by no means easy. No, not at all. I mean, if, if you did it in the winter in snowshoes, it would be easier because you're not traversing over boulders. Yes. About eight-tenths of a mile in, you come to an overlook. We got to see more stars. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we started leapfrogging another group, two ladies that were hiking, one of them. This was her first High Peaks Trail, and um, she was not liking it. <laughs> yeah. It's cold as fuck. It was snowing. Um, yeah, she was not happy. Her friend was was loving it, but no. Yeah, I don't know if that's a really good um, beginner peak. I, I would have done a Cascade Porter. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Or even a Marcy if you wanted to go long, but yeah, Cascade Porter definitely. Yeah. Um, do as we say, not as we do. Our first were the Wolf Jaws. 
<laughs> Some of the most difficult ones. <laughs> yeah, you know what? But we had the um, experience behind us too. Yeah, we had done a shit ton in the um, in the on the AT, yeah, and the AT. Right. <clears throat> so the trail flattens out a little bit, and it becomes more gradual. You hit more switchbacks, um, and then it, it varies. It varies between fairly intense climbing um, and flat sections. Mm, That's yeah. why it's called the ridge trail, because you're following a ridge. Might I say also, if, if you're apprehensive about climbing, do it in the dark. Because I have to tell you, like, the first hour and a half, uh, yeah, the first hour and a half of the climb, I don't remember shit. I don't remember climbing any of that. It's only when it started to get lighter that I was able to get my bearings and then remember the views especially. Yeah, coming back down, we'll get here, but coming back down, we were both like, we did we this? Did we this? did this? this is and I said, Tumbles is like a horse. You blindfold her and she can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I say the nicest things. K2 next, bitch! <laughs> Let's do it! Get the blindfold. <laughs> um... So then you come to the most amazing spot ever on any trail that we've seen in a while. And we had, I am saying these are the best views that we have ever had ever in the five years we've been doing this. A lot of variation in the landscape. I mean, seeing the view from Wheeler Peak was just incredible because it was just flat. And then seeing the view from Half Dome was extremely impressive but yes seeing the leaves at peak peak change since it is columbus day weekend uh, that was very very special along with the trees that were surrounding us being covered in snow we got both we got a winter hike today and we got the best fall hike we've ever had yep and coming back down we had a summer hike <laughs> so true it was absolutely incredible. Yep. So the Ridge Trail has many, many overlooks on it. Fantastic views all the way up of the Dix Range. What other shit is out there? The Great, you see the end of the Great Range, so you can see Saw, uh, saw Teeth, you can see uh, the, the Wolves, you can see Nipple Top and Dial, you can see all of the Dix Range, and then, of course, RPR is right next to it. And apparently there is a tiny little mountain that is not part of the 46er, which I giggled especially because I'm 10. Um, the Spread Eagle Mountain. How far away is that from Nipple Top? Too far. Okay. Always is. Always. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the leaves were gorgeous. Uh, reds, yellows. I will post a shit ton of pictures on the Instagram. Um, absolutely stunning views. Oh, by the way, if you're using this as a guide, uh, you want to go right at the first two forks. <clears throat> yeah. And a lot of people do start uh, at that trailhead, but a lot of people also start at the brook, what is it called? The brook trail. The brook trailhead, which adds another mile. And 600 feet. Yes, that's right. So we said, fuck that shit. And I'm glad we did because it took us a lot longer than it should have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it was worth it because the views it, yes. were phenomenal. We were stopping and taking picture. After, there must be 200 pictures between the two of us. Why did it take you seven hours? Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, you also see the 
golf house uh, down by the Wolf Jaws, by the Wolf Jaw Trailhead. There's a golf course and a country club, so you can see that from on top of, well, going up the Ridge Trail as well. I think that is by the parking lot that now requires a permit and you can't drop off or pick up people because they're a bunch of commies. Agreed. Okay. Um, all right. And then you get, oh, we went up a slide too. Part oh, yeah. of this trail is a legit slide, which is really cool. Um, the, Be wary. It'll get icy. Yeah. The, the trail disappears. There's markers, there's blazes, but you are walking up a slide, which is really cool. And then the trail turns and goes on the north face of the mountain. Uh, and it became a winter hike because there were no gorgeous looking leaves. There were no leaves at all. There was snow because the north face of all of these mountains is significantly colder because it gets that... Um, it doesn't get much sun. Yeah, it doesn't get much sun and the wind is more intense. Mm. So you can see if you're doing this hike around this time, of course, the trees that get more sun are the more vibrant and they still have leaves on their their branches versus the north face which i saw both at rpr and where we were which were completely bald and uh had snow on them yeah so wild so this podcast is brought to you by north face side of giant mountain <laughs> sponsor us. please sponsor us north face <laughs> um there's a privy about yeah. two-thirds-ish of the way up. I think there's also a uh, tent site. There is. Because I did see a tent coming back down. I did see a tent. Yeah, obviously the tent site is going to be first because you cannot camp above, what is it, 3,500? Uh, either that or 4,000 here. I'm not sure. Yeah. There's, I know in the Catskills it's 2,500, but here it's different. There's an elevation that you cannot camp. So, um, yeah, there is a privy. We saw some young men. I'm, I'm hoping they're okay. I'm sure they are, but they were ill-prepared. Jansport backpacks. Sweatshirts. Sweat cotton. Sweatshirts. Yep, sweatshirts. Uh, one of them had nothing. Shorts. Yeah. Um, so, which is fine as long as you're moving. It's when you stop and you have that shitty gear, then it becomes a problem. Yeah. So Do your homework, as we always say. So we stopped, had some sausage before making the final push for the summit, and then it started to get dicey, literally. Between the privy, which is where the brook... Is that where the... No. Is that where yes, the brook trail... Is. Okay. That's one of the places the brook trail intersects, intersects. with the bridge trail. Okay. So yeah, between the privy area and where the next marker is that tells you to either turn right for Rocky Peak Ridge or go continue straight for the Giant Summit is a long way. It's longer than you think. Because we're like, oh my, oh, we're so close. I'm going to have a snack when we get to this, the second marker. No, have your snack at the privy, I beg of you. Yes, not in the privy, but at no, Well, I mean, if you're cold, maybe the privy would be a good thing. Don't set it on fire. <laughs> so there are... It got really icy. There were sections that were um, like mini slides. No soil, no trees. But the trail is going up 
rock at a significant angle. I was very, very happy because we were <laughs> struggling a lot um, because of the ice. And I got to use my 550 cord. I um, bring it every fucking hike. And normally it just sits in there adding fractions of ounces of weight. But today I got to use it because I had to make a horizontal move over ice. And I, I went spread eagle. <laughs> um, I had a very wide stance and I made it. But you were struggling and we were like, how are we going to do this? Wait a minute! I am the happiest person on this trail today because I get to use my 550 cord. It's like a kid in a gear <laughs> shop. <laughs> yep. So I keep it all coiled up nice, and one end has a bowline already in it. So I was able to take it out, wrap it around a tree, um, toss you the, the line, and there's a really stupid picture of you <laughs> holding this line, but you can't see the ice at your feet, so it looks, it looks really dumb. dumb. <laughs> Might I suggest? Um, to do this only in the winter time or if there's snow on the ground you can bushwhack on either side of these steep areas nearby the summit there is a layer there to protect the um the flora but don't do it in the summer because you can sure as shit get your ass up the rocks but if it's too icy on either side of the trail there is definitely spots where you can bushwhack down yeah, if it's or a up. choice between you falling and hurting yourself and doing poor trail etiquette, I guess do the poor trail etiquette. So, It was below where it said this is very delicate alpine. Yes, it was below the alpine. It was about yeah, the alpine sign. Perfect. Yes. Um, yeah, that last third is no joke. Lots of scrambles. Pretty significant scrambles. Ice. Um, I slipped <laughs> a bunch didn't fall on the way up but I slipped a bunch you hit the wonderful alpine sign just literally just before like a foot before you get the sign for go right to Rocky Peak Ridge continue straight for the summit um, by that point it was three hours and 40 minutes we had been walking yeah we were so shit today <laughs> So we kind of made the decision, you know what, let's just hit Giant and then we'll orphan RPR for now. Um, I cannot see us do RPR in the wintertime. Apparently there is an equally treacherous slide on that point because we were actually talking about this when we were doing Whiteface. Should we do Giant and Rocky Peak? And I was reading reviews and they're like, it's sketch as hell. They recommend ice axes and yeah. literal, not micro spikes, crampons, crampons and ice axes. Yeah. So. Which I will know to bring actually next time. Perfect. The summit is not that impressive to be honest. Obviously do it so you get your credit for your 46ers, but there's a geological um, survey marker up there. The views are not as good as the views as you're getting on the way up. We literally went up there, snapped a photo, and said, okay, bye. It was, it was, it was cold. Yeah. It was wind chill of about 14 or 15 degrees on the summit. So, yeah, my, my teeth were cold. It was, it was that chilly. So, we went down about, I don't know, one-tenth of a mile and sat in the sun and had a snack and, you know, regrouped. I dropped my sausage. It went rolling down the fucking mountain. It was hilarious. So, we, we came up with a trail song. Yeah, I don't think we're going to sing it here, though. We'll um, spare you. Yes. <laughs> so, 
Um, going down the mountain, we ran kind of an experiment that failed on my end. I did not want to put on my micro spikes because I hate the sound. It's, it jars him. Apparently. Yeah, there's like nails on a chalkboard. There was a lot of exposed rock and not a ton of ice. But enough, enough where you would fall on your ass. Which I did twice. So, and I did not want to bend my f- spikes all to shit walking on rocks. So I was like, let me try this without them. You put yours on, which was the smarter move, but I would not have been able to... Handle it. No. No. No, I would have freaked out. Nails on a chalkboard. There were a couple of times I was so thankful I wore them. I would have, I would have fallen on my face, like, twice. Excuse me. Um... <laughs> If, if I did not have those things on. So I was very, very glad I put my micro spikes on. Um, they did not bend or anything or break, thankfully. So my $15 investment is still in my pack. And paying dividends. Yes, indeed you do. So $88 hotel room, $30 soft shell, um, whatever dinner was last night. 44 Watching... Cranky falling his ass twice. Priceless. Priceless. So I did. I fell on my ass in spectacular fashion. And and the sausage that rolled down the mountain. Yep. And you ran after it. Priceless. <laughs> um. So carefully, I did a lot of glissading to go down. Um. The leaves were not as impressive in late morning sun as they were in very early morning sun, like sunrise sun. Um, so I'm glad that we left our fucking early. Me too. Going down was... It felt like it took longer than going up. It did. It, it did? did. Uh, well, okay, fair enough. It didn't literally time-wise, but it was far more difficult. Oh, man. It was... It, it got to be brutal. Not only did we have to deal with, at the closer to the top, the ice and the rocks, but then we had to deal with rocks in general and then we had to deal with the people yeah all of the people coming up and starting later oh my lord this is a very crowded trail and we were like you would have thought that we were (laughs) the leaders in the hall of the mountain king we were the fucking (laughs) heroes of the mountain today because whenever we told anyone we started at 5 a.m. They're like, oh my god, I just woke up at 5 a.m. and then drove here, and you guys are amazing, and... We know. <clears throat> yes, but we're really <laughs> not, because we ran no. into a group of three that started at 12.30 a.m. for a sunrise on Giant. They were certainly early, because if it took us about four hours... Still, they are two and a half hours early, which must have sucked. And it's dangerous because you're not moving and you're just getting cold and it was snowing and they said that they, um, it was not pleasant. No. So. They tried to do Rocky Peak Ridge, but couldn't and decided to turn around because of the ice. Yep. So, going down this thing, I almost fell on my face, not because of ice, just because of the scrambles. Mm. And we kept constantly, like, oh my god, we went up this? Yeah, the whole time. Very treacherous, very difficult terrain. How did your knees feel after that? 
they're not feeling so great now. Oh, okay. uh, we need to do this more so that that shit doesn't happen. So, no rolling of my ankle this time. Marvelous. Great. My legs feel actually okay. I think what I'm going to feel maybe later is my ankles a bit. Yep, I feel that right now. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm doing pretty well. May not when I get out of the car, but for right now, I'm feeling alright. Um, so we made it down. We came up with a, I came up with a new trail game. Yes. Um, usually we, since we're historical nerds, we do, like, worst events in history, worst presidents, time machine, who would you kill? Um... (laughs) I, I decided to keep it positive today, and we did uh, greatest white pill moments in all of history. So, for example, um, the discovery of oil at Spindletop in Pittsburgh, just outside of Pittsburgh by Rockefeller, that literally saved the whales, allowed 97% of Americans to have light after dark, which increased the literacy rates, just absolutely a moment of hope so i we kept it positive today because coming up here we were definitely not in a positive mood no no it, it was insane i was very very stressed out yesterday due to work shit and um over literally overnight and a little hike and i'm right as rain yep that's why we need to do this like i said more often yes right? too long since we did a significant one. Indeed, indeed. And I I was just thinking of another white pill moment, because I'd mentioned the fall of the wall. The Berlin Wall. Yes, in 89. On November 20th, 89. Hey, David. Um, So anyway, I'm like, whoa, what about the fact that citizens protected Gorbachev from being assassinated? Yes, so... Would you consider that a white pill? A thousand percent. All right. So what inspired me to come up with this trail game was um, one of our favorite commentators and authors, Michael Malice, his latest book, which is coming out next year, because he's finishing it now, is called The White Pill. So unlike most political commentators, instead of how bad things are, how awful things are, inflation, oil shore, like empty shelves, COVID. It's like, there have been a lot worse moments in history that we've come back from. So he compiled a list and is going like, I guess each chapter is probably going to be one of these events. So he has Margaret Thatcher in there bringing Britain back from obscurity and um, decline. Yeah, Maggie. He's ending the book with, um, he's told like every chapter on the podcast. I'm still going to buy the book, but damn. So he ended the book with a story about 1991. The Soviet Union is just about done. Gorbachev is winding it down. Um, oh, what the fuck? The two policies, one was trade openness and something else, allowing more capital in, transitioning to a capitalist system, ending the failed Soviet experiment. The old guard in the military is obviously not happy with this, so they locked him in his 
their equivalent of Camp David. Um, he was on a retreat. So they, they had him locked up there. They cut all the phone lines, no communication. But Yeltsin, the president of Russia, which is different than the Soviet Union, Russia is a, was a republic in the Soviet Union. So <clears throat> Boris Yeltsin, the military, their plan was to just assassinate him. Fortunately, he had some loyalists in the military that kind of gave him a heads up, and he sent out a broadcast calling on the citizens of Moscow, this is what is going on, I need your help. 50,000 of them came out, surrounded their equivalent of the White House, not the Kremlin. Apparently it got so bad, he realized something was up when none of the telephones at his retreat worked. Yeah, this is um, Gorbachev. Yes, yeah. at Gorbachev. And even the red phone, the nuclear uh, war phone, which was not to be used unless there was a nuclear problem. You're not even supposed to dust it because yeah. if you touch it and like, it'll go off. And yeah, then they think they're fucking bombs. Are, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't working either. Had it, that phone. I'm assuming they still have something like that, but it had a direct line to our White House. Now it's in Putin's uh, cell phone. Oh, okay. He has an app. He has an app. <laughs> so bad. Um, the, the nuclear war app. So, what are you doing? I don't know. We are dealing with a U-Haul. Oh, no. it's a cop. Never mind. Yes. All right, you're so, forgiven. Um. So anyway, Yeltsin. Yes, in I'm their, not Yeltsin. <laughs> their equivalent of the White House is called on the citizenry. They're going to assassinate me. Please help me. Fifty thousand people came out, surrounded the building, and basically made themselves human shields. Like, yes, we will protect you. We support what you're doing. This system has to end. We are not going to allow the military to stage a coup. The military told their equivalent of SEAL Team 6, just go in and, and kill, kill a path until you can get to Yeltsin and kill him. So Gorbachev. their plan, Gor nope, Yel Yeltsin. Gorbachev. going to kill Yeltsin? Yep. Gorbachev was in the retreat. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Away from the city. So, yeah, their plan was to just kill tens of thousands of people, kill a swath, kill until the they could, yeah. and then kill the president. And the military said, no, we're not doing that. There's been, in this failed experiment, there have been millions of dead already. It ends now. And that is a huge white pill moment. That's fucking incredible. And no one knows about this until now. Yep. So. White pill. Yes. So that was, that's a good one. Um, in total, we did... Jesus Christ. Depends. Six miles. Or 7.3 or 8, according to my phone and watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all trails says six. Yeah. Which is probably the most accurate. Mm -hmm. In five hours and 21 minutes. We were slow as shit. Yeah. That's all right. But the pictures make it worth it. So, uh, we are both feeling much, much better 
having done what the okay that was just some shit in the road um we are feeling much much better just having gotten out on a fucking hike yep so it is therapy um science behind the leaves changing oh yeah so as I was peeping yeah we are 10 because we had spread eagle mountain and then going up uh you were saying we're peeping at the leaves they're pee pee leaves and we were like that's hilarious (laughs) so i was peeping at the leaves (laughs) and i was curious if the red leaves meant that they were maple trees and i think there is something in that says like a lot of the maple trees do go red. However, we were doing some some educational reading before, and apparently, the leaves that turn red um, are the ones that are usually upland a bit. Am I saying so? Am I, am I, yes. Am I at a higher elevation? Yeah, that's right. And they are kind of protecting themselves until they fall basically and the tree shuts down from the winter they're trying to the tree is trying to absorb as much energy and, and yeah nutrients and sucrose as possible before it shuts down for the winter so what's interesting about the leaves is that when leaves turn yellow the yellow is always in the leaf Versus a red leaf, which takes an extra step and the leaf actually has to turn red versus the pigment just leaving the leaf. That's the, from, okay. the, from the green to the yellow. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yes. So the, the chlorophyll in the green goes into the trunk of the tree so the tree can survive throughout the winter. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so yeah, it red leaves meaning that the tree is, has less water and less nutrients in it, and that extra step helps it get as much goodness before the winter. So that's interesting. We've been in a drought for many months. Yep. I'm surprised I don't see more red leaves. Well, down by us, nothing's changed yet. No, not yet. So we'll see next week, maybe. Mm-hmm. So... Um, anything else that we want to mention? Oh, yeah, we do. Four-year-old. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, let's just blow it up because it's probably not going to happen anyway. We were thinking... Oh, my God. (laughs) We were thinking of reaching out. So, James Appleton, who we love, 46 of 46 podcast. Listen to him. He's awesome. He's been on the show. Had on... The kid's name is Thea. The father's name is I don't know what um no it's not a who's on first thing like that's not I literally don't remember his name so this child is apparently the youngest 46er known to man and she supposedly completed all 46 4,600 footers in the Adirondacks at four years old at four years old Go listen to James's episode. Started when she was th- late two and all through her third year, third year, and then fourth year. Right. Um, I was gonna reach out to when we were at the Megadeth show. 
Yeah, he was all excited about this. Another listener. And I said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And guest <laughs> told me about this. And in my drunken state, I was like, that's really cool. Let's get her on. So I reached out to the family and they said, yes. Oh, they did? Oh. Well, through uh, Chris Calabrese. Oh, bless Chris Calabrese. Yes. It's time to have you on again, sir. Yes. So they tentatively agreed to this, um, but we're about to blow it up. If they ever listen to this, they're not doing it now. So. Unless I can be proven wrong. Okay. Okay? Go ahead, because you're more, you have more of an opinion about this than I do. I agree with you, but you seem to be more passionate about it. Is it? Yes, we're looking at the yellow leaves, and now we know why they're yellow. (laughs) So... Is it fair to label this young lady as a 46er if half the time she was on her dad's back because she was either tired or something hurt or whatever? Is it fair to say that this young lady could be given this title? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I listened to their entire episode with James. Right. The impression I got was that she never went on his back. Okay. What he did say he did was a lot of hand-holding. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of naps in the middle of the day. Like, he brought a little pup tent. Okay. He put her in a harness for some stuff. Oh, that's stuff. right. I that part, yes. Uh, so that if something happened, she had, you know, a safety line. I don't... The impression I got was she never went on his back. Okay. So, fine. If that's not the case and she walked herself up all of these mountains, which are not easy. My second thing is, is it fair to take a very young child on these adventures when they don't... They can't make a, a decision about what a decision they're, about they don't what even, she doesn't even know what she's doing. I'm sure she's oh, there's a big mountain there. I'm sure she's she she's four, so she knows what she likes. Oh, that's a big mountain. That's very pretty. Blah blah blah. But I get praise from mommy and daddy when I do it. Exactly. It is fun. Some may look at this as number one abuse. I'm not saying what this is is abuse. But some may look at this as abuse. Oh, you know, daddy wants to do this. Oh, I guess I'll go with daddy to do this or mommy. And also exploitation. That was my thing. Not exploitation for public attention. But the impression that I got was this guy was a um, competitive cyclist. Mm-hmm. Athlete himself. Right. And you don't want to give that up. like. Oh, for sure. That is, to be quite honest, one of the reasons, there's also medical shit, one of the reasons I don't have kids because I like my lifestyle. I don't want to give that up and devote 20 years to a stranger. So the impression I got was this guy wants to continue his athleticism and is... The way to do that is to bring the kid along. So, I don't want to say it's exploitative, but it's... I would, Bordering. I, I would qu- at least question. 
Um, so I'm not out to, we're not out to bash the family. It's not an easy feat by any stretch of the imagination. And kudos to this young lady. But also, this, the girl won't remember a good chunk of this. Definitely not. And um, the safety factor, like, don't... They did it. That's great. I don't... I would not recommend this for other families. Um, again, listen to the episode. He was saying there were parts where crossing streams where um, he got really lucky that someone else had tied a line across the flooded stream and he was able to hook her into it. If that wasn't there, they would have been in serious trouble. Um, their first couple, their first hike, he obviously misjudged her abilities and they're coming down in the dark and it was a really long day and he said himself that it was dangerous. So... We all make mistakes and I understand that. No parent is perfect and I understand that as well. Despite me not having children myself. I mean, I'm, I'm around parents all the time. And, you know, my parents. So, but... I, I want to be proven wrong. I would love to talk to these people and, and get a kind of a first-hand account of their experiences. And I want to be proven wrong. Where I also question is using children as a vehicle to get a message across is definitely exploitative. Mm -hmm. Exploitative. Yes. Um, we, we speak into a microphone for people to listen to. Um, and they're, they're all about pushing female hikers, female hikers, to the point where at the end of James's episode, he, because she obviously is a four-year-old, has no attention span to sit through an interview. So they put together clips that he had of her on the trails and then clips that he did ahead of time. And he's literally asking her, and you want to see more women on the trail, right? Yeah. Well, what else is what she going to say? Yeah. So I because don't. Because what does that mean? You're almost, you're, you're politicizing a child at four years old. Yes. No good. No good. And then they didn't do this for internet fame. Um, as other hikers saw them, it kind of became a thing. But now they're definitely going on podcasts and they're, they're definitely celebrities within the hiking community off of a four-year-old kid. So yeah. that's where I was like, eh, I don't know about this. So that's where we are on that. There's so, so many female hikers. Yes, there are. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> we saw a shit ton today. We saw an entire gaggle of them. Yes. The first two we saw, and then we saw an entire group. Yeah. So this this myth that it plays into the myth that the trail is dominated by straight white men, and that needs to change. That is not the case. Correct. So that's what I got on that. So there you have it. Um, not here to cause a ruckus, just what we saw and, and what our thoughts what our thoughts are as so. usual and if the family would still like to come on we are more than happy to talk absolutely if you don't like what we say fuck you get off the podcast damn straight all right um we love our listeners so please stay on absolutely <laughs> we are planning for the first week of november don't know what yep we also need to interview 
uh, Frankie Wilde again to get more of his story from his Colorado tour. Also, Tat, who completed his Scotland hike two weeks ago at this point. Yep, and then we should also reach out to, and the only reason we're mentioning this is because we're 99% sure that they'll come back. <laughs> um, Kyle O'Grady. Of course. And Flossie, who did not finish the PCT, but they can tell us about that when they come back. And Brandon. Brandon has... Yes, joined. Joined this uh, now trio. Yep. Fantastic. Alrighty. So, I need nothing else? That's all I have. Uh, that was a very introspective episode too, dude. Yeah, because that's what happens when we don't do it for... When we don't do anything significant for a while. Mm. Um, and then we get out there and we get like the endorphins and we're feeling great. So, we get very... We want to change the world and make everyone yes. happy. Yep, we get very introspective, very... Um, waxing philosophical. Indeed you do. Also, should I get a firm mattress or a soft mattress next time? That, you that decide. Was, that was part of trail talk. <laughs> uh, we give the Adirondack Brewing Company three out of five. It's in Lake George. It's okay. Yes. It's sustenance. We needed it. Yeah. Alright, y'all. As per usual, find us, love us, like us on, well, Apple Podcasts and then the Gram. Crank is killing it on the Gram rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod Alahi is moving from tiktok to the gram he does the videos on tiktok so rocks underscore roots underscore podcast we have an email i check it once every like six months <laughs> uh same name uh what else are we on we we have this coffee thing i know some people are so against it because heaven forbid we have 298 fucking followers on instagram so why should we buy you a coffee for not doing it much work right right right, right. fuck you um <laughs> So, yeah, buy us a coffee, you know, I, I can it, take... It really goes to support the monthly subscription fees. Yeah, which is like $45. So, you don't have to buy us many. Maybe like two or three. Anyway, I'll post that on the show notes. I keep saying that and I always forget to do it, so maybe I'll do it this time. Um, other than that, Crank, as always, a pleasure. Ciao. All right, Rocks and Roots. We have an addendum to our wonderful episode that you've just listened to. And what is that? Well, first of all, we learned that Giant Mountain, the full title is Giant of the Valley. Yes. And it was the first um, peak summited officially in the 1700s. So That's pretty fucking awesome. That is pretty fucking awesome. We hiked through history today. We also learned that Rocky Peak Ridge is the easternmost peak. peak, which is not technically a 46er, but we will overlook that. And that it there's a traverse you can do, um, starting where we started at the, the Giant Ridge Trail. Yeah, did I get that? Yes. Right? Okay. Um, yeah. The okay. Ridge Trail. The but. Ridge Trail. Get up to Giant, hit Rocky Peak, and then continue on the uh, New Russia Trail. And it turns out to be like a 20, no, my bad, a 15-mile hike. Yeah, so um, stage cars for that one. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right. All right. I did them over. Okay.